Hello, hello, home at home. Once again, we've come together to fellowship. And as I say, there is no place like home. So I'm hoping that today you will leave encouraged, you will enjoy the fellowship, that you will be sharpened and inspired. We've been going through our series from John 15. We've been talking about being the branches and it relates to this part of our identity. And what's beautiful about this passage is that God uses it so uh, amazingly to tell us all about who he is and who we are in relation to him and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we've been unpacking it over the past few weeks and we've arrived at looking at the fruit. Um, in recapping our last message, uh, we had a little conversation around the importance of the mind and I'll just recap that because what I did say without understanding the importance of having your mind in order and in a good place, no matter what you hear, you are always going to be challenged unless you have a means or a process in which to allow your mind to fully engage, to be fully operational and to be in control so that you can genuinely grow. And we talked about the mind being heaven's screen, God's gift to us through our imagination, and that through whether words or uh, whatever he shares with us, it could be dreamed, he will be conveying an image, a message, that will allow us to impact our emotions. The statement I made was that your emotions will always believe what your mind tells it to. That's why we cry to a, uh, a fairy tale story, uh, because the emotions don't know the difference. They believe it is real. And so I want to encourage you that if this is our home plasma, our home screen, uh, stop changing the channel. You've got to get in a position where you can keep your mind focused, keep your mind stayed on God. And John, uh, in fact, 15 tells us that if you abide in me, uh, God, Jesus says, and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will. He's talking about this consistent focus, the, the, the word being that stabilizing force within our lives. And when we allow that to happen, it allows us to take control. We also use uh, a play on the word uh, mind, you know, within a, a war context, when you step on a mind, it's an explosive uh, device. And we likened our mind to being a mind field. In other words, that when we don't really guard our hearts and also filter and monitor our minds through the process of the Holy Spirit, then we're always going to be treading on explosive uh, experiences and so the emotions will always be erratic will always be out of control and you find actually that you go from day to day on a yo-yo process not knowing which roller coaster ride is going to hit you at any particular time and so it's important that we keep our minds and we referred to philippians 4 verse 8 that you know we we what is whether things are good honest and pure lovely you know of any virtual value keep your mind on those things and that through keeping your mind stayed on God, he will keep you in perfect peace. So I'm praying that as we hear this word, as we continue to grow, we begin to master how to keep our minds 
under control, our minds healthy, our minds balanced, so that it becomes this great uh, place where God can interact with you. He can show you great and marvelous things and that you can be inspired to see by faith. And so as we go through this again today and as we begin to engage in the fruit, this, uh, what I've expressed about the mind, is so important. Your maturity is contingent on understanding how the word Christ, the Father, will flow through us so that our minds will truly be the mind of Christ. And so we turn to the fruit. We're talking about what the Bible now refers to as the fruit of the Spirit. And if we just read the initial context of John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. This is God the Father. Um, um, he's referring to uh, his, his, his father, Jesus here, is saying, I am the true vine, um, which is Jesus, get that correct, and my father, he says, is the vine dresser. So Jesus is the vine. His father is the vine dresser. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes. And so, remember, listen to the message on the pruning that will help you understand what's supposed to happen during the pruning. And we talked about counting all things uh, for joy, with joy. And so, so that it will be, um, in fact, bear more fruit. So he prunes in order that the, the produce, the quality of what you produce, your fruit, is powerfully enriched. It is matured to a beautiful standard that you feel empowered and God can be proud of the produce. But what's interesting is that the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit, and, and, and I must make it clear that it's actually the fruit, it's not the fruits, it's the fruit of the Spirit, um, is referred to in Galatians 2, uh, 22, in fact, um, and verse uh, Galatians 5, get it right, Galatians 5, and verse 22 to 23, remember that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things, there is no law. In other words, there's no limit. There's no restriction on that because God is limitless. And we look today at the fruit and we began speaking about the first part or, or, or aspect of this fruit, which is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And we said that God is love. Therefore, if we are going to be like God, that we too must become love. And so in so doing, we, like Jesus, who expressed that the love he receives from his Father, he gives to us so that we are infused by this powerful love of God. And failing to embrace and to receive this will always undermine how effective we can live for God but also the quality of our fruit. And so God puts us through a process so that he can bring out the best in us. So it's an always important to understand that love is always expressed in the present moment. You see, what's happening here, that God is love, and because God has, is, is 
totally complete in all things, we are actually pulling the future into the present. We are pulling the, the, the God who is, who is uh, the, the, the future of what we aspire to be, that he's going to manifest his fullness in us. So we are drawing on his perfect work and bringing it into the present so that we each day are living out this expression of his love. We don't get to choose. If we want to be like God, if we're of God, we then must love because God is love. And if you're going to be, as they say, a chip off the old block, you've got to be a lover too. And somebody who loves and loves like God is required to love at a high standard. It is the ultimate standard. You see, this, this process is a, a process of receiving the complete fullness of God's love and manifesting it in the present. In this expression, we create this reciprocal interaction with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are one in community with the Father, Son, and and Holy Spirit. We see this if you imagine the image that's presented to us in John uh, 15. The, the Father, the Son, the Vine, the Father, the Vine Dresser, the Holy Spirit, all of the invisible aspects of the Son and the, 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 the water and the, the, the air and all those things operating silently but powerfully over the fruit and in conjunction with the Father and the Son and infusing us with the fullness of heaven and allows us to blossom into mature fruit. And so we understand that love is. It is not love will be, it is love is. So you cannot separate all of these aspects of love, and they're beginning to, to be, they're listed when we see it in 1 Corinthians 13. It tells us that love is patient. And we explain this on Sunday, that this word we're told here, that this word, that God is love. And it's this ability, we're told, to wait quietly or face rejection or delay. That's one aspect of it. This patience, the ability to bear calmly with self-control, frustrating and upsetting situations. Those of you with kids know you have to be very patient because often they don't hear the first time and you're having to coax them and you're having to be very patient and, and sometimes it can be uh, so challenging when you're running behind time. And we all know, come on, and you get, oh, you're trying to, to, to rush, and it becomes a sort of uh, challenging and stressful situation because actually your, your lack of urgency or cooperation is causing the individual who is waiting distress. And this we expressed when we talked about the, the, the other side of the Hebrew word expression, which suggests that it's the primal feeling one ex experiences when being patient. And this is what it is, is that we suffer and it feels like suffering. And in so doing, we're told here that God himself demonstrated 
this for us in John 3.16, that he loved us, that he gave himself and placed himself into suffering so that he could then wait patiently for us to become sons of God, to manifest what he has desired us to be. And he's ultimately patient. He waits and he waits and he trusts because his love not only is limitless, but he's so contingent on the fact that he's prepared to wait and to suffer all of our foolishness, all of our, our trouble, all of our silliness, and all of our moaning. And, you know, we saw how long he put up with the children of Israel through the wilderness. I mean, they whined and they moaned and Moses got so angry with them that he struck a rock. But God was patient. And he then, when they rebelled, in fact, he turned around and says, look, guys, you know, you're now no longer uh, fulfilling your requirement to go into the promised land and saying you're not worthy of the promised land. But he was always patient with them and they forced and pushed God to do things that God had not intended. God was giving them grace. They were like, no, we'll do everything you say. In other words, give us a law, we'll do it. And God said, no, you can't do it. And every effort they made, they continually fell down. And God watched them try and try only to do what he intended originally to show them that someone's going to come. They're going to take all of the suffering and the pain that it takes that Moses could not bear and he's going to take it all in himself this is God now giving off his ultimate prize his son and he's going to go through all of the suffering so that he could wait and provide a means for you to come to him with grace and understand that grace will then teach you that you are to deny yourself to live righteously and godly in this present world. That's what grace does. It's an empowering presence of God, but he accomplished it through patience, through suffering. And so in doing so, he requires that of us. If we are going to love like him, we too need to understand we've got to go through the suffering in order to endure the trying circumstances with an even temporal characteristic so, so that you are able to endure the process. You see, we are talking about your ability to suffer long enough for the person who is causing you the issue to become whole. In other words, I'll put up with you. In so doing, it means You'll put up with all the nonsense. Why? Because your love says, I can see that if I'm patient enough, I'm believing and believing and I'm seeing by faith that you are going to come over this hurdle. You're going to come through this process and we're going to see God transform you. So patience, this kind of patience, is the blessing we get from God. But we have to rewind, because remember, what John 15 tells us, that you can do nothing of yourself. And when I describe patience like that, doesn't that make sense? We cannot stay the course, hold 
the anchor. While somebody is doing all kinds of things that are upsetting and, and getting on your last nerves, and you want to react, you want to be angry. But God says love is patient. And what it does, it allows the anchor to go down and say, hold on a minute, I'm not leaving port. I'm going to stay here because I know that though we're tossed about and we're going through this challenge, it's going to come through and we're going to see the calm seas. We're going to see a, a means of being able to flow out of this particular location. Because what greases and gives you fuel for the journey is your ability to endure. We saw the, the, the conversations we had around even pruning. That James was telling us that we count all these things for, with joy. Why? Because God is working his purpose in us. Love is patient. You see, we get to love. We get to love like God. We get to demonstrate what it looks like to be sons of God. Can you see why the Bible says that the earth is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God? Because when you see love like that, you begin to realize this is of God. This is not a normal kind of love. This is not no ordinary love. It puts up when you're, you're being hurt. You know, I, I, I watched my, my auntie. She went through so much abuse from her husband to the point where she got suicidal. An awful situation, and don't get me wrong, nobody should be abused. Nobody should be taken advantage of like that. But you know, she was determined that this was the man God gave me. And she kept and held on through her tears until this man became born again. Not only did he become born again, but then he fell ill and she took care of him in his sickness. Love is patient. This is no ordinary love. And God blessed her that when she finished, God took her all the way around the world and she ministered to women who were broken, women who had gone so much struggle. But she had a testimony that through her challenge, she learned to love like Jesus. It is not an ordinary love. And as I said, we're not condoning any kind of abuse or physical abuse, but she believed that God would keep her. And she watched this man find God. I believe because of her patience. It wasn't simply just waiting in a huff or in anger, but she loved him. That's how God is with us. You know how many times... We mess up how many times we fall down. But this God, David said, if I make my bed in hell, you'll find me. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always. So I want to tell you today, stop condemning yourself. God sees who you really are. 
And he is prepared to put up and to wait until you come to yourself. This is the whole principle and the story of the prodigal son. It says when he came to himself, he went back to his father. His father waited, waited, looked out every day because the story tells us that when he was returning home, the father saw him afar off and ran to meet him. That's who our God is. Our God is love. And right now you may feel so far or distant from him, but he is waiting with patience for you. He is prepared to suffer whatever it takes to see you triumphant. So you don't have a right to give up on God or to give up on yourself. And this is the important thing here because you see what's beautiful about love is that we're told here that in Ecclesiastics uh, 9 and verse 11, that this race is not for the swift nor for the strong, but for those who endure to the end. And so it's a process to grow in this kind of love. And God understands that, that right now you're going through your pressures and struggles. But this is what Isaiah 53 and verse 10 says. This is who God was and is to us. And he is to you right now. He says, Jesus was bruised. He says, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. In other words, the father, he said, it pleased him to bruise him. He made him an offering because he is love and love is patient. So you've got to forgive yourself. And every time the enemy is telling you that you're not good enough, telling you that, yes, you've messed up again, get up again. God says, I'm here, right here waiting. And I'll wait as long as it takes for you to understand who you are, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you were born and bought with a price, that you were born for a divine purpose and that you are God's child, you are God's daughter, you are his heir and he loves you. He loves you. I remember one day on one of my prayer walks, I was so broken, I felt so messed up and said, God, look, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel that I'm who who I am. I feel like I'm, I'm not living the way you want me to live. And I feel, God, I'm just a failure. And I just heard this, this phrase, listen to uh, you know, a, a masterpiece by Jasmine Sullivan. And I listened to Jasmine Sullivan talk about and sing that you are a work of art. And she was singing about the Mona Lisa, but she was using this analogy because God actually says that we are his masterpiece. And he's beautifully crafting you right now. You don't look like where you're going. You don't look like where you come from because when God has finished with you, he says you will come out as pure gold. But he is a patient craftsman. He's prepared to wait and watch you take that journey, arduous and long as it may be. Fall down and get up again like a child who falls down, but you keep lifting them up because one day they will walk and stand by themselves. God is love and his patience. 
is here for you. Does anybody need more patience? I know I do. But you see, we've got to learn to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So you've got to learn to love yourself first. You've got to learn to be patient with yourself first. Be prepared to take the time, to take the journey, to say, no, Garth, you're going to do it, get up again. No, Garth, you're going to do it, get up again. Try again. Keep going and you've got to be prepared to say, God, as long as you are not going to give up on me, I'm not going to give up on myself. And when you learn to love yourself with patience and put up with all those things that you say, I don't like this, I don't like this about myself. When you learn to say, God, teach me how to love me and to love me with patience and I'm prepared to give myself the chance to fall down and get up and know that you're not staying here. One day soon you're gonna let that process work out in you and God will make you his masterpiece, not just from the, on the outside, but from the inside out because it's in there. I wanna encourage all of us today that you give yourself a chance to be overwhelmingly loved by you. Some of you need that today because we understand that through you loving yourself, God will express himself in that love. And it means that when you love somebody else, you learn to be patient with them. and you're able to make copies of you. What a world and a community we will have and we're going to have because we are gonna manifest good fruit. May God encourage you today. May God bless you and give you uh, this uh, another pep in your step to know that love is patient and we're gonna come through this together. If you don't know Jesus, he's waiting for you. He died for you. Simply believe on him, make him Lord of your life, and you too can begin to walk in this love and a love that is like no other. God so loved the world that he patient himself, he put sickness on himself, suffering, that today, we can be set free. And there is no condemnation. Stop condemning yourself. And let the grace of God wash over you today. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. You need to tell yourself for every day what God says about you. You are the apple of his eye. His masterpiece. Love is patient. May God bless you today.